this okay. podcast, I um, incorrectly referred to, referred to Christian Slater as Jonathan Taylor Thomas, obviously another 90s uh, heartthrob. <laughs> so uh, I apologize to all the Christian Slater fans out there. I, I did not mean any disrespect. Um, okay, so now we're in season two. Woohoo. Uh, this is Orphan Black 201, Nature Under Constraint and Vexed. It was directed by John Fawcett, written by Graham Manson. It aired April 19th, 2014. The top movie at the time was Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mm. We've already referenced on this podcast. And the top song was Happy by Pharrell Williams. I didn't clip it, but we all know that song. Yeah, no need. <laughs> no it's need. all burnt into our brains. Oh, and I did know, I actually did know that Janet Jackson song, because I clipped it out for the last episode, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I do know this song. Mm-hmm. I don't have to apologize on behalf of myself. Um, before we get into discussing the episode, so the season two titles are from a different text now. Mm-hmm. So it's um, the titles from part three, Francis Bacon's plan of the work. And this is the, the section that it's from. It says, Next, with regard to the mass and composition of it, I mean it to be a history not only of nature free and at large when she is left to her own course and does her own way, such as that of the heavenly bodies, meteors, earth and sea, minerals, plants, animals, but much more of nature under constraint and vexed. That is to say, when by... And at the hand of man, she is forced out of her natural state and squeezed and molded. Oh. I was like, this is very, uh, <laughs> very relevant. <laughs> um, okay, now we can get into the episode. Yeah, so we started right where we left off, which was not my prediction. <laughs> I thought that we would be in the future, so that was pretty intense to like start it right off with her. like literally right after running trying to problem solve like where Siobhan and Kira are but I was confused I'm gonna start right off the top and say I did not think this was a very good episode there were so many times I was like how did this person how did they know this how did they get here Mm -hmm. like what's happening I was like why why is she just running through the streets like she thinks she's gonna (laughs) spot them and then she just goes into that restaurant Mm -hmm. um she's trying to call the clones but the clone phone is not working Disappointing. And then Rachel, the only phone that does work is Paul's, and Rachel answers the phone on that number and basically tells her to come in. And then some randos come into the diner asking about free-range eggs. (laughs) 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 They they sit with Sarah. They're pretty menacing. Um, And they... The guy says, I bet you ordered a lot of eggs. What does that even mean? I don't even know. I feel like he probably was just saying that to have something to say. Um, they sit with Sarah and they know it's they know who she is. She we don't know who they are. Um, and then they try to they pull a gun on her. Well she pulls a gun first and then they pull a gun back. But then the friendly diner owner pulls out a shotgun and says, I think we'll let the lady leave on her own <laughs> whatever. And they said that they're going to take her to Kira, but obviously then they start fighting. Um, Sarah uses a fire extinguisher to bust a hole in the wall. I was like, that is some quick thinking. Um, and then we cut to the titles. Um, I thought it was fucking nuts that (laughs) he shot the diner guy, and then the diner guy shot his friend, and... He didn't care. It's just like, let me get to Sarah. This was just a huge tonal shift from last season, I thought. Like, yeah. a really wild way to start off. Yeah, that actor is called Ari Millen. He's going to recur. Um, 
we see him at the end of the episode too. Then Sarah's at Club New Illusion looking for Felix. This was the first time I was like, how did she know he was there? She yeah. just like got lucky and went to the right club. Yeah, I was like, why are we here? I thought at first that it was Club Me Illusion, and I was like, what's Felix doing here? But I think it was just a random gay club that he was at. Hey! Hey! Where's it been? What are you doing? Is this why you haven't answered your phone? Yeah, because I'm in the midst of a five-way. We have an emergency, and you're high. Yeah. You're kidding me. What are you wearing? Freely embracing himself in the assless chaps. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. Um, I like also Sarah carefully just says Helena's gone. She doesn't disclose the fact that she <laughs> shot and killed her in cold blood. Um, or well, obviously didn't kill her as we learn later. Uh, and then I thought it was funny when she says, "Get your shit together, you silly tit." Yeah, I wrote that down too. <laughs> uh, I feel like it would be probably a pretty fun time to party with Felix. Oh, for sure. He was the life of the party. <laughs> I like it. All those dudes were around him. Um, then the next scene, we're back with um, Delphine and Cosima. Delphine's lying ass. And our relationship can be whatever we want. We have leverage. You still work for Leaky on your behalf to protect you. These samples aren't going to go to Dyad. And you can't tell them that we know about the patent either. I do my own research first. This is my biology. It's my decision. Okay? Okay. You're right. And then she immediately runs to give Leaky the fucking blood sample. Okay, but I thought, what if it's not Cosima's blood sample? Oh. <laughs> I was I like distrustful immediately. <laughs> I was like, this well, bitch. I did, I wrote down I'm not feel I'm feeling super weird about Cosima and Delphine in this scene. Like I didn't feel any energy or anything. You mean you don't think it's romantic to, to take your partner's blood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that plays a big role into it. But yeah, their conversation and like Cosima had to say like my biology, my decision. Like, come on, Delphine, you're a woman. Don't you get it? <laughs> but. Um, I don't know, when she handed the blood to Leaky later in the episode, my first thought was, like, I wonder if this is, like, her blood or, like, somebody else's blood. No, I think it is Kazuma's blood because I think that Delphine is, like, legitimately concerned for her health. Mm -hmm. And I think she thinks that, like, Dyad probably has more resources to, like, Mm -hmm. so even though she's lying to Kazuma, I mean, probably in her brain, she's, like, you know, making a, I can't think of what I was trying to say. She's, like, making it okay for herself. I mean, like, oh, I'm, like, protecting her. Yeah. Um, Just, like, mixed motivation. Yeah, like, well, validating her own bad behavior, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Oh, God. It's burnt. <laughs> I didn't hear you. <laughs> um, uh, we see Allison in her gym jams. Felix is at her house. He's Liddy. He's trying to get a gun from her. Um, Allison says that she's off the sauce, and she's doing a musical. And she makes a really good point about the gun, which is like, she's like, Sarah can't keep shooting the guns registered to me. That was a good point. Um, and then she tells Felix that he, she can get him. Oh, but I also thought it was funny when Donnie comes in to see what she's doing. And she says that she's running a line. And she goes, I'm not in control of the muse. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in his little, like, tiny, tidy whiteies too. I'm like, can you please get some different underwear, sir? <laughs> It reminds us of who he really is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to see this. Um, but so Allison tells Felix he, he can get them 
she can get them an unregistered gun from somebody named Ramon. What are you wearing? Oh, yeah. Look, I might be able to help with a firearm unregistered. Seriously? Yes. I have a friend. Let's call him Ramon. Do you know a gun dealer named Ramon? He's a gun enthusiast. He has many jobs. He's very hardworking. <laughs> He's very hardworking. I, I clipped off in that beginning part because I thought it was hilarious that Felix was making those noises. Dottie probably hadn't even walked like two steps. <laughs> he was like, and also to show the similarity with Allison and Sarah when they're both like, what are you wearing? <laughs> um, we see Rachel, or the next scene is Rachel speaking German on the phone. Uh, they're still trying to qu- pin Sarah down with Paul's help. What's his name? Daniel is like, give her, like, help her one more time to give me a reason to shoot you. Yeah. All right. Still bro. not loving Paul. Yeah. He's getting worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I might let her in. She might cause so much trouble. Be quiet. She wants to be a guest. Do you have a lot of thoughts about season two of Orphan Black? <laughs> Sarah sets up this elaborate ass scheme where she like has Paul meet her on it. I, I could also tell that they had a higher budget in this season too because of that fancy bridge shop that they yeah. got. <laughs> I was like, where is this? Is that a well known place in Canada? Probably in Toronto, but I don't know any well known Toronto spots, so I'm sure if we have some Toronto listeners, they could tell us. Um, so, anyway, so she like calls Paul or like has some random guy give Paul a burner phone, and then the, I like how the guy made Paul pay <laughs> to get the phone. <laughs> and then she calls and finds some other girl who looks like her to stand there so that they can, like, chase, chase after her. But anyway, Rachel says that she's going to take Kira on a plane. She doesn't even have Kira, so they're all liars. And then, anyway, the, the girl that Sarah got to, like, beat her look like said, she says, up here. <laughs> it's funny. And then, oh, we don't have a creepy Kira moment this episode because we don't have any Kira, but we do have another creepy child. Hey, can I borrow your phone? Can I touch your boob? Cheeky. <laughs> How old do you think that kid was? Like, 11? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Uh, and then, wait, then, so then, um, they, Sarah, Sarah uses this kid's phone to do a, a call with, uh, Kasima, Kasima and Felix. And, honestly, Kasima was very cringe, I felt. I smelled lesbians in my bed last night. Look, I'm not gonna apologize for my heart, okay? And I promise both of you guys that I'm not gonna get fooled again. Wrong. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for my heart. Oh, I wanted to say, too, I, like, Tyler came in, my roommate, when I was watching this scene, and I paused it, but it was before I had heard Felix say the line, like, I smelled lesbians in my bed last night. So Tyler, like, read off. He was, he, like, read the subtitles on the screen, and I was like, lol, what a time for him to come in. I was like, honestly, iconic Felix line. It's, it's in line with the character. 
Um, I'm also thinking about, did Sarah just memorize everybody's phone numbers before she dumped her burner phone? Or did she just, <laughs> she's just able to she call them from random people? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I feel like she probably does know Felix's number, but maybe not the rest of them. Well, but she calls Cosima from that bus kid's phone, right? So I thought it was, she was calling Felix and Cosima was there. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense then. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it probably doesn't matter. But yeah, she would. Just, she could have taken that a little uh, yeah. post-it note with everybody's uh, information. <laughs> so the scene, the like setup for Allison meeting Ramon, really grab- cracked me up because like she's in her car, she's checking her lipstick, um, and she does like a little smile. I have a friend who needs a piece. Baker. This is Hendrix. Have a nice selection. All clean, numbers filed. If you like a revolver, this 45 is a uh, pretty badass Matt Black. I feel like they have like weird sexual tension. I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I then she the ends the, dyna- the conversation by like, how's your mom? <laughs> I felt like it was like a reminder to herself. Like, oh yeah, this is like. <laughs> well, it intrigued me because um, I feel like she has, she has a thing for bad boys. So I'm like, how'd she end up with Donnie's basic ass instead of like a Chad or a Ramon? Mm, good question. I just loved how Ramon had a tackle box full of drugs. <laughs> well, I think I, I bet it's her, it was her dealer from before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah, he has, he has the tackle box and then he's like, oh, you want to go natural? And then it's all <laughs> mushrooms on the bottom. Honestly, an efficient system. And he has all the guns in his car. I'm like, how does this kid have so much, uh, Access and we and we learned his multiple jobs. He works yeah. at the Economart. <laughs> He's a drug dealer and a gun dealer. He's very hardworking, like she said. Um, then um, so Kasima sending her blood sample to Scott. He's going to be the one to run the tests for her. Um, so then we have the scene with uh, Delphine and Leaky, the one that we were talking about. Where is Kasima, Delphine? Exactly where you want her. Here in town, considering your employment offer. Be careful playing for the other team, Delphine. Cosima's scared of us. She's seen how you've persecuted Sarah. Sarah is not your subject. I just wanted to clip this because I was, it, I feel like Leaky is so slimy. And he was like, be careful playing for the other team. I feel like it's a subtle dig at her sexuality Ooh, too. yeah. And mm-hmm. in addition to like the sides or whatever between mm-hmm. them. Also in this scene, he he's like, are you okay with calling yourself a eugenicist? Have I missed them calling themselves eugenicists? Well, they, they talk about eugenics, remember in that, um, oh, fuck, I wish I had my old notebook, uh, in the episode where they meet Leaky for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only other time I can think of, like, yeah. mentioning eugenics. But, yeah, I, I feel like I wouldn't say that Delphine is a eugenicist. Isn't her field supposed to be, like, parasite, parasites? Parasite host relationship? I think so. But he was like, are you comfortable with calling yourself that? And she was like, yes. Yeah, but yeah, that, I, don't, I don't understand either. So I was just really thrown off. I was like, what? I wrote like 12 explanation marks and question marks. I was <laughs> well, like, yeah, I don't know if it's referring to like the work they're doing with these clones specifically. Like, I guess it, it's like, maybe it'll be more explained when we get to like the root of this experiment with these mm-hmm. clones and like why they were created in the first place. But I don't think it's made clear to us at all, like, what they're referring to. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, in this scene, he they say that she has, like, respiratory symptoms. 
But they are when Scott did say right that it was not respiratory their whatever disease when he did the initial research right. I can't recall. I think it is. But so it's well maybe I have it the clips. But anyway, so it's not respiratory, but like whatever this illness is is causing them to have respiratory symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Um. But yeah, so I'm confused. And then, so then the next scene is at the community theater where it's supposedly four days until showtime. I'm like, how did Allison suddenly get involved in this play? (laughs) It's four days until showtime. We're supposed to be picking up the day after, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, that doesn't make any sense either. No, especially when she's like, I'm your Laura. And he's like, yeah, you've been practicing with Ainsley this whole time. So you know the role the best. So it's like, I don't know, this imaginary subplot that was supposed to be going on in season one, I guess, that we didn't see. I don't like that. Um, I did clip a piece of this musical just because I thought it was so funny. And we will wipe, wipe, wipe away the plasma Scrub off every stain Since I cannot control my asthma I'll stand by to entertain Wait, we're going to interrupt this podcast because you didn't tell me about Wicked. <laughs> if it's interesting, we'll keep it in. It was amazing. It was yeah, good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. My friend Re- Rebecca went to see it the week before, and the like the day before you saw it, and she said that the alphabet she had the second time was a lot better than the first one. But she said that they were like best choice alphabet and Glenda. So I was wondering <laughs> if you thought they were good. And she said that the Fiera was horrible. Really? Yeah, she said he could not sing. Mm. No, I yeah, thought Arfie Hero was fine. I didn't like any of his songs, but mm. I just I just preferred. Did you have exposure to Wicked before? No, this? that was oh. my first time, so I had nothing to compare to. But my friend Eric that I went to, that was his second time seeing it on this tour. Um, and he said that this time was a lot better. He saw it opening night. Well, that's cool. Um, I didn't know it was your first time seeing it. Yeah, never seen it before. So wait, when they do the tour version, did they have, like lift her up on the harness and yeah. everything? Yeah. I saw it in New York like when I was a child. So mm-hmm. Yeah, she was way up there in the sky with all the lights. It was super cool. Cool, yeah. I, I, lo- I love the music from Wicked, but I feel like the book is really stupid. Oh, like, really? Well, not the, not the like book Wicked, like the uh-huh. book of the musical, like the dialogue that they say. Like, uh-huh. like I hate that like cat fight scene that they have in the cornfield. I feel like it's so cheesy. <laughs> and I feel like it does a disservice to like the beautiful music in a way. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite song? My favorite song probably Define Gravity. <laughs> yeah, that's like the showstopper. Yeah. I knew Define Gravity and I also knew Popular from TikTok. It was, <laughs> from it was a popular sound on it's TikTok. It's so <laughs> wild to like think that that's how you were exposed to it. Meanwhile, I think it came out like 2003 originally yeah. and I was like an original like Wicked Girl. I was like I was out there. I mean, I didn't get to see it with the original cast, but... Well, that's what we were chatting about. We were like, if... What uh, musical would you pay, like, top dollar to have, like, orchestra seats to? And I said Legally Blonde because it was my first exposure to musical theater. Mm-hmm. We watched a, like, knockoff YouTube version in my drama class. And that, like, <laughs> like a bootleg? <laughs> yeah, like a bootleg. And that exposed me to musical theater. And I was like, that's so cool. But that wasn't until I was, like, 15. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, musical theater isn't really super accessible <laughs> i agree unless you're especially when you're a kid unless your adults are into it so. yeah or unless you like yeah because well i guess how when you grew up when you weren't that far from atlanta i guess they probably had shows there but if mm-hmm. you don't have a parent that's into it yeah. my mom this is like one of the even though we were definitely like lower middle class like my uncle used to work for like a booking agent in new york 
So we could get like cheap Broadway tickets. So I got to see a lot of musicals, even though like definitely not like compatible with our economic status. But I I was just thinking about this because um, Aaron Tveit and Sutton Foster, who are like two big Broadway actors, are going to be in this production of Sweeney Todd in New York. Mm. They like just announced it recently, and I'm like seriously considering doing a trip to go see because I love both of them. And actually, Aaron Tveit, I've seen the most out of any Broadway actor because he was in this musical Next to Normal, which is like my fav- one of my favorite musicals. You should actually listen to it. It's all about like the mom. Well, it's kind of a spoil. Well, whatever. Spoilers. Spoilers for Next to Normal, a musical that came out in 2010. But the mom has like manic depression, and it's like kind of like minimalist staging. But it's like you see, it's like a suburban house, and it's like basically almost like a dollhouse actually, where you like see the house, and they're like moving through the rooms and stuff. And there's like an angsty daughter who feels like underappreciated and like dealing with her mom's like mental illness and like not being there. Mm-hmm. But he plays. The son, Aaron Tveit. So, like, literally when I was in 10th grade, I was, like, I, like, got all my family to, like, give me money so I could go to New York to see this production that he starred in. And then I saw him in uh, Moulin Rouge, too. He was in, with the original Broadway cast. Uh, I, I think my musical that would be a top dollar see is Hadesan, which I, I literally already did. Like, <laughs> I, saw, I saw it with the cast. I would see that musical, like, infinite times, I think, because... I think it's it's one of those musicals that it doesn't really matter who the cast are because, like, the story and the music are so good. Mm-hmm. So you can get, like, a rich experience out of all of it. But, like, some musicals that I've never seen that I would really like to see, I've never seen, like, Phantom of the Opera, and that's one of my, like, I've listened to that soundtrack a million times. And also it was Chicago, which is mm-hmm. another one of my favorites. Yeah. I would I would like to see more, and I try, I've tried to see uh, almost everything that's come to through New Orleans that's piqued my interest, but it's still not super accessible to me all the yeah. time. You have to find good Do you want? Prices. I think my mom is going to buy my Les Mis ticket, like, next week. Do you want to see? I can ask her how much it costs, and if you want, she could buy us two tickets, and you could pay her back. Yeah, depending on the price. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll ask her and, and see how much it costs. Okay, anyway, that was musical hour on the top of my list. <laughs> uh, uh, my thought being not Allison being rewarded for kill- killing Ainsley. <laughs> she gets the lead role. That's so funny. Yeah, true. <laughs> the lead role in her community theater. And then it's really funny that Art and Angie show up. <laughs> get to see her doing Yeah, a little sneak peek. Also, I looked it up. This is a real musical. That is wild. What, like, did you look up the plot? I didn't look up the plot, but I just looked up the name. It's called Blood Ties. Blood ties. Yeah. I have to look it up. So funny. I mean, it's obviously like directly relevant. Meta and universe. Yeah. Let's talk about some <laughs> mopping up the plasma. That's what I was like. I wonder if they made this up or <laughs> they just found a really relevant, weird <laughs> musical to be putting on. Uh, that was really funny. Definitely not cats. So the next. Oh, wait. Were you about to say something? Yeah, definitely not cats. <laughs> say that. Um, Rachel is trying to. Recruit Paul, I guess, to be. Is she interested in him, or is Uh, that just her tactic? I think it's like more about control. I don't really know how much like. Well, not to say that she doesn't have emotions, but like I don't think she's really out here trying to like emotionally connect. I feel like if anything, it's like a physical situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and probably just a way to control him. But she's talking about taking him to Taiwan and stuff. Mm -hmm. They refer to both Kira and Sarah as biological gold mines. Um, I, I wrote that Angie looks cooler this season. I feel like they gave her, like, a costume upgrade. Yeah. And, like, shades and stuff. I um, hate her more now, though. Well, okay, so this <laughs> is... A, I was confused as to how they could arrest Sarah 
on like no charges. Well, she's and, literally like, you can't arrest yeah, and, like, me. They still arrest her and put her in the car. Yeah. That that was like another thing that I was really frustrated with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I am liking Art more. Yeah. Well, now he's in the fold, so mm-hmm. he's not like in an adversarial role. And I think maybe they kind of like tone down the like weird control. Well, obviously, because it's not it's not Beth anymore, so right. they don't have their like pre-established relationship. But yeah, I do like him a little bit more this season too. Sarah is trying to figure out what they're going to do to get Kira back. Well, normally I'd say don't do anything rash, but rash seems to be a genetic trait, so go get Kira. Believe me, right now is the time to resist our predisposition to impulsive behavior. We need a plan. I loved, I loved this line because that's what Kasima said. That seems like something Allison should say, but it's like, I don't know. There's like some role reversal going on a little bit. Well, I think Allison is uh, in her rebel era. Yeah. (laughs) She committed manslaughter. (laughs) Yep, that'll do it. (laughs) Um, And, but also I was like, not Sarah using Allison as bait in her scheme. But, of course, Allison is more than ready. She's got the pepper spray and the whistle. (laughs) And the uh, self-defense moves. She put up a good fight. Yeah. Okay, so then it's Sarah pretending to be Cosima. This is something I picked up. I was like, where did she get a Cosima wig all of a sudden? She looks just like her. Like, that should piss me off, too. Um, it did fool me for a minute, though. Really? I was, I was not fooled. <laughs> I was, like, half paying attention during this oh, scene, yeah. and I was like, wait, why is she acting so weird when Delphine kissed her? And I was like, oh, maybe she's just, like, realizing that she's kind of iffy. But <laughs> also, Delphine, why are you kissing her in the middle of... <laughs> I saw some tongue in there. Like, <laughs> well, I was like, this is inappropriate. She's your subject. And also, even if she wasn't your subject, I was supposed to be potential co-workers. Like, yeah. they're not doing anything discreetly at all. Um... Sarah's trying to avoid Leaky, but unsuccessfully. And then in French, she says, my adversary, referring to Cosima, I guess. Um, but Delphine, okay, so do you think Delphine figures out that it's Sarah after she's like, I want my own lab? Like, yeah. is that a weird request? That's she looked at her. Well, maybe she just like, when you have told me that. Or like, mm-hmm. maybe it was obvious that she would get her own lab or something. Like, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I, don't I, know. I thought it was a weird thing for... The hurt nose. But so then we learn, like, Delphine has never even seen Rachel before. So that's, like, the double-blind aspect, I think. Because um, Sarah's being really aggressive with her. But she's like, I don't know anything about Kira and Mrs. S. Sarah, <laughs> as Kasima gives Leaky, like, a weird hug. But it's just to steal his badge. And then, so we have, like, a big fight with Sarah and Rachel. She does not have Kira and Mrs. S. She was just lying to her. Um... And really violent episode. Yeah, yeah. And they tussle. Well, Sarah's off the deep end, and this like she, I think she's acting really yeah. like rashly. I mean, she's like a cornered right. animal, so it makes sense. You're not going to shoot me, Sarah. You don't have you're dead. There are other forces vying for our fate, Sarah. We'll get Kira back together. <laughs> Sarah said, bitch, you thought. (laughs) (laughs) Then Paul comes in. (sighs) Wait, wait, where's the clip? Great, should have (laughs) known. And then he, at first, seems like he's gonna finally turn on Sarah, but then she, like, smacks him, and he's like, okay, I guess. (laughs) I'm I'm into it. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was like, in the face. Um, so then Sarah shows up at Art's house. Okay, this is when the, I was like, how does she know where Art lives? She just, yeah. <laughs> just found his house. He's a cop. Because uh, she, she was never there before, right? And, I don't think so. In season mm-hmm. one. Um, but anyway, so he's reinvestigating Maggie Chen's case. We learn that uh, those randos from the diner. The Eggman. <laughs> Henceforth known. The feds are calling the diner thing domestic terrorism. The cowboy who took the shotgun blast was a religious extremist. Like Maggie Chan. A Prolethean. Should we look at what Prolethean means? Is sure. that a, is that a thing that they invented for the show? I, probably, I, don't know. <laughs> I would say probably, but Prolethean. Yeah, I think it's made up for a work in black. When you look it up, it's. I wonder if it has. Well, I don't want to be spoiled, but I can't think. It seems like it's like mythology rooted. I'll do some research in between here and the next episode. Um. But that did surprise me a little bit because I assumed that they were working for Rachel and those guys were working for Rachel. Well, they weren't. So, yeah, surprise. They were twist. Um, so now we have... Well, because and Rachel said when she and Sarah are tussling, like, there are, like... <laughs> I know how you girls like to tussle. <laughs> she said there are, like, other forces at work against us. So she's trying to, like, I think, suggest about the Prolethians, like, without mm-hmm. saying that directly... Because she was trying to tell Sarah that like, they would work together to get Kira back. Which is like, Rachel, you should know better. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sarah's not going to be on get board Get your fuck-ass Bob out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then uh, the the next scene is Helena. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you know it's Helena. Her scary music. I was thinking about that when I cut the clip, too. <laughs> Wait, but it's perfect. It's <laughs> me. My sister shot me. I was begging Mackenzie to watch the, sh- the episode with subtitles from the DVD playbook because she says something when she was on the ground that I can't make out. So I watched it over and over again and I even recorded it and played it slow-mo. <laughs> it sounds to me like she's saying The Watcher, but I don't uh, know if that's relevant. It must all. not be important or else they would have put it in the subtitles, yeah. I feel. But I was like really trying to figure out what she was saying. But I put in the effort to try to figure it <laughs> I out. I appreciate it. Well, because I was like, my bum downloaded <laughs> from the internet How, and like the subtitles are actually usually pretty good but I was like maybe the official version has like better ones um I just thought it was funny that she said excuse me <laughs> my sister shot me so how do you think she lived that gunshot I think I don't know she fucking cuts herself to pieces on her back all the time maybe she has super healing powers like Kira true you never know with this show yeah, that's interesting. Well, that could go into, like, the eugenics aspect of it if they, like, mm-hmm. engineered some of the clones to have, like, certain abilities. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that except for this instance and also maybe Kira or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because even if Kira... Well, if she does have powers, she was just born naturally. So I guess it would be from the parents because it's not like Kira was a implant or something. No. like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then the, we see that same guy, but from before, with his cool belt. Yeah, I was just about to say, he's, he's got the belt with the fish symbol, and then the very last scene in the episode is, like, somebody 
like setting Pierre up on a bed and like taking a picture of her, but we don't see who it is and we don't see Mrs. S. So I don't I don't know what's going on. Did it give you SVU vibes? <laughs> Dude, yeah, like literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the other day I asked Mackenzie which episode of SVU to watch, and she I told her. Or you said it was a palate cleanser. And then you first recommended to me the three-episode trauma arc where a lady gets kidnapped. And it's then the best. You recommended me an episode where a literal child is being abused for a child porn site and also like a child sex ring. I was like, okay. I but she saved from being buried alive at the uh, end? Barely. <laughs> I was like, first of all, uh, what did he... Now we're getting into our SVU part. I was like, did this guy not know that she was not dead or did he just think she was going to suffocate before they found her? I think he thought that she would just suffocate. I think he didn't want to actually, he felt, would feel less guilty if he didn't actually kill her. I don't know. It's for the plot so that he can save her. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Well, that's the end of the episode. Any straight observations? Um, I just, my prediction is that I think that the person who has Kira is related to the religious cult. Mm, yeah, I think so too, and that that makes sense because those guys were like, "We'll take you to Kira." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then he shows up to find Helena in the end too. But like, how did they find out about Kira? I guess maybe they're watching Helena. Yeah, yeah, Helena somehow. But yeah, I agree with you. Kind of a mid episode. I thought it started off strong, but then yeah, there was just a lot of. Just too many plot holes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I can only suspend my disbelief so much. Mm-hmm. And I thought usually there there's some things that they like let fall to the side, but I usually doesn't bother me as much in this episode. But I literally feel like every other scene I was like, well, how did this happen? Yeah. How did they figure this? Like, I don't know. It, I think it can be hard, which I mentioned in another episode of like <clears throat> when you plan something like this and you like don't know if you're going to get renewed for the next season. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, we have all these ideas now that we know we're getting more showtime. Yeah. And like trying to wrap them in. When you weren't yeah. sure if you could include them in the first season. Yeah, I think also, too, they're probably just trying to get this season off to, like, an explosive start. So, hopefully, like, the next episodes are better. Mm-hmm. Any predictions? Well, you just said the people holding care are the Proletheans. Yep, that's my only prediction right now. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. Well, where, where's Mrs. S, though? We didn't see her. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just watched her in something else. Oh, she was briefly... I finally watched a Wheel of Time. She was briefly in Wheel of Time. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.